Welcome to Sp Speak Sex. I am Eve Eurydice. I am an artist and a writer from the island of Lesbos. Um, I have written three books on female sexuality with Scribner, Virago Press. I have written the Sex Files column for magazines in New York for years. I am a multimedia artist with female sexuality, female objectification, the dichotomy between our bodies and our minds and how to liberate that from the dominant culture um, for my entire career. And um, the purpose of this podcast is to demystify, familiarize us with um, all things woman, sexual, all things forbidden, shameful, which are actually positive and beautiful and magical. Um, so the more we talk about it and the more we speak it, I think the more um, you know, easy and pleasurable and acceptable it becomes. So that's why I named it Speak Sex. I actually have girlfriends who are like, I want to send, you know, share episodes with my friends, but I don't want to say sex. <laughs> That's I'm funny. like, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. <laughs> I could have said speak truth. <laughs> you know, I could have said something, anything else. The, it's exactly that. That's the first step. Just say the dumb word, sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer on Jolt Radio. <laughs> 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 Today's guests are two um, beautiful young women who I'm excited to hear uh, from. Um, Giovanna Gonzalez and Angel Garcia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Show. <laughs> so, um, Giovanna and Angel are artists who've just teamed up and created a new mm -hmm. uh, collective, art collective here in Miami, uh, Coin In, Coin Out. Mm -hmm. um, and I invited them to tell us, to talk to us about themselves and the work because I felt that they are sister, sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know who wants to start and if you uh, want to speak one at a time. Right. My question would be, uh, tell me about a little bit about your journey. The, you know, the, the heroine's journey, <laughs> it, each, each one. I want to hear that, you know, genesis, you know, how one begins and how one comes to this moment where you have um, this collective and how you present that, you know, yourselves and the work in the world. Okay, cool. Do you want to start? You want to hear about like our personal practice first and... Or about the project? Or about the project. Both. I, okay. I, I want the narrative. I'm sure you okay. have one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, maybe it would be good just to start with coin and coin out and then we can work backwards and like separately. That's good. Yeah. In yeah. some way. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's a project that we both started most recently, and but Angel and I have known each other for almost two years now. Yeah, um, and yeah, we both have our own separate artistic practice, um, but then came together to build this sort of collective mm -hmm. uh, practice. Um, and I guess like how it started is that we were obviously interested in the same thing, same topics. Um, and so the space is called Coin and Coin Out, which is actually a gambling term. Um, and the space is in the 777 mall, which is in this kiosk. And it kind of, the whole thing got inspired by this like slot that's available yeah. in the space. Mm -hmm. um, and so since the the mall is quite old, all we have is like speculations as to what, what, what was, was there. there yeah. Um, so I don't know. We were like maybe. What does Giovanna? What does it mean in gambling terms? Coin in, coin out. Right. So slot machine. Slot yeah, machine. Slot machine. Mm. Yeah. So it's basically, and correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, but it's basically like um, a way for them to calculate the amount of money going in for the amount of money they can release. Mm. Um, so it's like an input-output calculation. Okay. So it's a house term. Like yeah. The, the yeah. House, okay. Mm -hmm. And are you super conscious of capitalism then, since you yeah. chose that? Mm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. And so how does that fit in with farm women being women in this in that space? Right. Um, I think. Well, you know, there is like first our connection was um, 
you know, how is like the art market, like where transaction exists there? Mm -hmm. You know, um, we started the project during Art Basel and that really kind of messes with the market in Miami. Um, so we wanted to really, I don't know, just kind of like touch upon how that is affected, like specifically in our city and how Art Basel really restricts our community from, I don't know, like developing on its own. We're like constantly focusing on how to prepare for Art Basel and, you know, whether or not a collector is going to pass by into our space and buy something or things like this. Instead of like building on the community, we're like constantly focusing on yeah. this like yeah. fair, basically. Yeah, feedback and... Um yeah, that that, that 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 idea that you need approval from an authority, right. um, power, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and I, I think gallery, like, you know, what the, all, all of that. Yeah. yeah, and I think like also like on a very obvious sort of connection, like to ideas of like sex and money is like that's sex is like one of the biggest like selling points, you know. So it's just like especially like being a female woman talking about ideas of transaction and commerce and yeah. monetary transactions mm -hmm. like I think that's like at least in my mind probably one of the first things you think about mm -hmm. right yeah true, just like, true. Um, and also like as two women how are people gonna re like receive our project are they gonna come and want to hang out with us because we're like two cute girls doing a project or will they really take us seriously as like a force in the art market or in the community so playing with that also yeah and like challenging people's like perception of what we are doing i guess um so yeah so i guess specifically for this installation we did the kissing oracle mm -hmm. which well i guess we should start so should we start with like the whole what is a kissing oracle yeah. what is a kissing oracle well maybe let's start i guess with like the name of the the i guess the exhibit um it's seven minutes in neve so neve is heaven backwards and we like um we developed a multi-sensory installation that everybody can experience as a singular audience member for seven minutes, sort of taking from the sort of like the kissing game, seven minutes in heaven. And um, that like... Do you know about this? No, I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like a version of spin the bottle, you spin the bottle uh, and it points to another person and the two of you technically go into a closet and are like left to your own devices for seven minutes. Wow. And yeah, so it's just like... like I think I, I was in... The other country when yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when that was age appropriate because yeah. I missed it. Yeah, yeah. So there is like this expectancy that like something romantic and intimate happened within this seven minutes in yeah. the dark. Yeah, in the and dark so in you're supposed to like kind of confess when you come out like oh, what, what happened. happened. Wow. Yeah, and this is like a kid's g yeah <laughs> like yeah. Teenage. That's why I missed it. <laughs> yeah, but th that's really hard. Yeah, to come out and say something about it. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's just hard to be in that space in general because it's also like it's been the bottle. So there's like this like anticipation of like you hope that you it goes towards the individual that you're maybe like have a crush on at that time. Yeah. But it can totally go the other way, you know, or it can be like the complete opposite. Like um, you end up with somebody that you hate or it's yeah. like super awkward. And like if you don't like it, seven minutes is a really long time. It's a very long time. Oh, no, it's a very long time period. Like so. you can definitely make babies etc <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um so we were kind of wow. like riffing on that mm -hmm. and so we if you decide to come into this space so you can only th the windows are frosted so you actually can't see what's inside of the space unless you enter and agree to this like seven minute experience so you have a closet it's, it's like basically like a closet. It's like a size. The space, the space. The, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh. The space, it's a, it's a kiosk, so it's quite small. What is it, like six, five by six feet yeah. or something like this? So who, who decides who makes out with whom? <laughs> no, so <laughs> you actually go in the space by yourself. So yeah. it's about your oh. own intimate experience. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. Ooh. And, and then you come out and, and speak to it? Yeah, I mean, some, I think people to? do, like, naturally. So there's, like, a soundtrack that's with yeah. it. Um, that we made together. There's mm -hmm. like a whole art installation. There's the scent There's of a scent. Yeah, it's like it's literally multi-sensory. So yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, you're yeah. looking at things. You're smelling something. You can touch. You can touch stuff. You're basically. Well, you're you can touch to yourself. I you assume. Can you also can touch yourself. And kiss people, yourself. So yeah. To yeah. Speak. yeah. People come out making that joke. Yeah. So yeah. like also we <laughs> of course yeah we put like a surveillance mirror yeah um inside the space. So then there's also a lot of people are like I. Felt, felt like, like I was, was by myself, yeah. but I also felt like I was being watched. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there was like this like 
I guess maybe slight paranoia that like maybe we had a camera outside the space, which you don't. Yeah. Right, it's like, just like old Times Square peeping holes. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah. you like really get a chance in those seven minutes to like like think about like your boundaries with like within that space and also like uh, I guess like with the objects or like with the with the artwork, like you can decide whether or not you want to touch things, you can decide whether or not you're being watched, which you're not. But it really plays with your boundaries. So it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it's wonderful. And I think also to tying it back to like doing this during Basel is mm-hmm. that there's like, I don't even know, like 26, I think around like 26 fairs that are going on at the same yeah. time in the city. And so it's more about like not necessarily looking at the work, but about just being seen mm-hmm. in these spaces. Right. So mm. um and so then like creating a space where there's art to look at and then asking for you to dedicate seven minutes within that space i think a lot of people walked out being like wow i realized that like i do not spend a lot of time looking at work yeah you know um and so having that like understanding Mm -hmm. afterwards is another sort of experience that people go through yeah but and i do like the idea of like collecting all the testimonies you know of how Mm -hmm. people felt there yeah that's you know like the quaking part mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 well it's uh, you know it's important i think the time you know opening up time mm-hmm. right and opening up consciousness mm-hmm. is revelatory so that's what you're doing in your artistic space but mm-hmm. that's something also that's i think healing in like private space and mm-hmm. you know private life and you touched on transactional sex. You know, I think that a lot of sex is transactional without the women being aware of it or conscious yeah. of it. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary, right? Like, it's right. Not, mm-hmm. I think people automatically connect that. Oh, it's like only transactional if it's monetary, but that's yeah. not true. Yeah, like, like sometimes you f- sometimes you even feel like you just like owe somebody sex because you're spending time with them. Yeah, or there's an expect expectancy that like, hey, like I just paid for this. Like yeah. I just took yeah. you out. Like we just did yeah. this. Like, like what do I get? What do I get? Yeah. Return, so yeah, 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 yeah. There is that kind of inherited, um, you know, instinct mm-hmm. that the body can betray, should be, mm-hmm. uh, is expected to be traded for, yeah, you know, uh, status or you know, social favors. Yeah. Or like your time is not valuable, exactly. Enough. Yeah, you and your boundaries. Right, and your boundaries are not strictly your own, Mm -hmm. you know, that there is like a whole social code that you have to go by, which then, you know, uh, isolates you from your body completely. Mm -hmm. So you turn your own self into a thing. Yeah. Because otherwise you can do it. You know, you Mm -hmm. can participate in this transactional way of exchanging, you know, intimacy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that the dating apps have made that even more pronounced yeah yeah right sure. and incidentally yeah. they're also like what is everybody saying I, I don't know too much about this but like apps like or programs like tinder and stuff they the way that they look and the way that you use them is really similar to slot machines and mm-hmm. gambling so like you have a very similar uh, experience there uh, which is pretty wild. Yeah, and like the expectancy yeah. is like, if I do this enough, I'll get something. Yeah. Right? So it's like the same right. as a slot like machine. Trying your luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, trying your luck. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly like the slot machine. That yeah, and I yeah. just. And it's learned. equally dehumanizing. Exactly. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Um, you learned what? Yeah. I w- and also, I recently learned that there's. Uh, you have the ability within like an app like Tinder to actually upgrade and pay like an extra like $5 or something a month so that you can have more opportunities of like swiping because i guess yeah. there's like a limited there's like a cap <laughs> yeah. which is like or you can like unswipe like yeah ba- it's you, like, like fucked up and like <laughs> what does this swiping culture yeah. do yeah i, 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 I mean it's it's, it's so empty de- yeah it's yeah. pretty empty dehumanizing exactly. in a lot of ways it's so superficial yeah. how can you tell from like if you edited photos anything about a human you can yeah you can yeah I mean, like, to each their own, right? Like, right. at the end of the day. And I think. Oh, yeah, to each their um, own. And ultimately, like, I do know people that are in relationships from 
using dating apps. That's so true. like I don't want to completely like discredit that. But right. at the same time, I do. I think it's like important to go within those spaces and be conscious about what you're doing and mm-hmm. what you're interacting with. And I think a lot of that ties back to this idea of like time. So like, do we give ourselves enough time, time right. to yeah. reflect on these decisions? Right. To like say like I don't need to give you an answer right now, or yeah. even yourself, or whatever. And I think um, especially now within like the digital era we things are happening so rapidly and quickly like we don't take the time to process things Mm -hmm. so that's like i think something to be conscious about and Mm -hmm. aware about yes totally yeah just take your time there is you know like there should be a lot of time between all the highs you know this Mm -hmm. (laughs) is like you know the high and low non-stop is is pulling you away from yourself you know from your core you need time to figure out what you who you are wh- who you're becoming what mm-hmm. you like what you know you, what you might like more that you haven't even heard about yet yeah. yeah um yeah i agree so time and consciousness and sobriety might be nice too because <laughs> <laughs> a lot yeah. of this ha- you know a lot of this happens while you're like drunk or drinking or you know which again is alienating from who you are like right. you kind of you know it's another boundary right yeah um yeah, I think also to talking about the the concepts behind the space, sort of the key key things that we're exploring are ideas of like luck, vulnerability, mm-hmm. um, intimacy, and yeah. like also like expectations. So mm. like, what is your expectation right. when you're walking when you're walking into a space? Like, what is quote unquote what is an art space? What's the expectancy of like what a gallery should look like? Yeah. So we we also are like veering away from like calling our space a gallery or yeah, trying so to say that they're not exhibitions, like, yeah. but saying it's a kiosk and like finding our own language to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, developing yeah. a vocabulary that just like really challenges that mm-hmm. all that transactional mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, a lot of performance art is about that. Right. Yeah. 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 And the the space primarily is like uh we want to use a space for performance so we're like really pushing the like like the limits of like our audience's understanding of what a performance actually is yeah so every little thing plays a part in that it's it's Mm. developing slowly but yeah well a performance primarily going back to time is about holding stillness Mm -hmm. you know basically anything you can do if you do it naked and without moving long enough becomes fascinating performance yeah and that's it just you know <laughs> i mean if you can do it for like a week continuously without covering yeah yeah it so yeah um again it's it's about that consciousness you mm-hmm. know putting yourself in like aware space mm-hmm. right um, instead of like reactive space yeah yeah I guess it's like maybe a good segue to talk about the kissing oracles because yeah. that's oh, like yeah, per- yeah. It's, perf- <laughs> it's performative. I love that name. Yeah, yeah it's interactive, um, and then and it's momentary. Yeah, exactly, mm. which is really interesting. Mm. And we've done it a few times now. Yeah, we've done it two or three times. Yeah. Two so what's times. the oracular part? Um, so the oracular part is well, I guess we can go through exactly what happens. So like. Gio mentioned the space has this window which we fogged and the window has a slot in it um, where like we assume like transactions happened and um, so there is somebody a psychic it's usually me in the space (laughs) (laughs) in the space um, and well we have these business cards that have a our business cards have a blank space in the back for like writing messages and um, what happens is an audience member comes and puts a card a business card through the slot and I'm just gonna uh, maybe I'll just call them the oracles and then the oracle gives them a lipstick and what is it, a lipstick and a tissue mm-hmm. and uh, you put the and their hand through the slot so you put the lipstick on and you kiss their hand and um, so the oracle will transfer the lipstick mark from their hand onto the business card and write an intuitive message so the oracular aspect is like I guess whether or not that message or like the sort of the oracle or like the medium is like giving you a message that is relevant or that resonates with you in some way um and then so the message is comes comes to oracle mm-hmm. because of uh the kiss because of the kiss the, the lipstick the yeah. mark so the lipstick mark the so pressure the of the kiss the shape of your lips yeah the way you yeah. kiss the yeah. pressure the 
mo- moisture content, yeah. Yeah. whatever. It's also the, individual, also the, right? Like yeah. it's like per, per. That's what makes it also a very unique experience. Is mm-hmm. that like it's it's different for it's each person. D- it's different every right. time. Yeah, and it could be different for each person each time. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Your energy at that moment. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Oh, I wonder if somebody has done it more than once. Yeah, they have. They have. That's so really I, funny. I stand on the other side, <laughs> and I like. Uh, I sort of guide people through the process mm-hmm. and also invite people to come and do it because it's, I think there's some, you either get like two very extreme responses, which is like, yeah, I'm super down. I don't know what it is, but I want to do that. And, or it's the other one where they're like, that's too weird. Like, yeah. I can't, you so know what I mean? You're like the handler. I'm like the handler. the psychic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like yeah. pimping the psychic, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather say like I'm more like a hype person. Hype, 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 hype person. <laughs> no, I like the madam. Yeah, <laughs> like spiritual madam. The spiritual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and she is the the the, the vessel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love it. I really like it. It's yeah, really nice. It's been great. It's been like some people have cried. Mm. Some people have like like some people. Also, like, when I'm doing it, I literally have no recollection. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. It's, like, yeah. I basically... Yeah. Well, I li- that's the only way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I listen to uh, this Ramon song over and over again. <laughs> uh, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend. Oh, I know so this I song. So I wow. listen to that song, just play it repeatedly, and, like, go into, like, a disassociative state. And uh, I, I'll come out, and people are like, oh, I was the one with the caterpillar. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I don't know. But people yeah. will, like, sometimes when um, I talk to them when they come out, they um, actually realize that they do have, like, through talking about the message, w- if they don't have a connection with it, they actually come to a realization that they do. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess that's an element of time, too, like, sitting yeah. with a message that, like, maybe, yeah. like, makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you don't know why, and then, like, really accessing that mm-hmm. uh, feeling and yeah. building a connection with mm-hmm. the message. Yeah, yeah, and I think, like, s- there also are people that are, they're just like, this is so spot on, like, mm-hmm. who is behind there? Like yeah. Or, like, you know, they think, like, it's, it's almost impossible for this to be, like, an intuitive right uh, practice yeah. and but process. we all have i mean it happens to be you but honestly anyone who can empty themselves of themselves yeah mm-hmm. and not be themselves as like you know their mom or their friends or mm-hmm. their dogs know them yeah they're gonna be in that state and they're you know and and it's a wonderful high to yeah. be without self you know mm-hmm. howe- however briefly and just mm-hmm. download yeah um and i mean i call it the orgasmic state because i i f- i, f- I I, I go into trance, you know, to do my work uh, often, and um, and it's the same as you know the state, the final state, you know, of orgasm after all has been done, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you no longer know who you know who you are mm-hmm. or, or how you got there, and you kind of unite with, you know, the greater, mm, I don't know, humanity throughout time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's I wonderful coming up with the lipstick and the and mm-hmm. the lips. Um, yeah, when mm-hmm. the kiss the kiss is really nice too because it's like, I don't know, it sort of like, I don't want to say like, it's this like obligatory intimate exactly. exchange, but it sort mm-hmm. of is like we have so we mm-hmm. think about our mouths so much and mm-hmm. like kissing so much and how like like who we do that with like what we're allowing mm-hmm. when we're kissing someone and like also the style with which you kiss is really right. personal so it's like mm-hmm. if somebody is like willing enough to like kiss give themselves yeah. in that kiss yeah yeah, like that's really nice yeah mm-hmm. it was yeah i mean it was a pleasant surprise to see how many people were excited about doing it mm-hmm. um because it's, it's a way to pay homage yeah you know? so yeah. In, in like traditional um experience of oracle you know the one who asks the question comes and pays homage in some way mm-hmm. either does uh, you know libation or the sacrifice or in some way gives something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you give a token you give a coin or coin in coin out yeah <laughs> so that kiss is the homage mm-hmm. that brings you know the reward or the message exactly back. yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I guess to continue, just the so we kind of do like a an art installation mm-hmm. that's like all sensory, and then we have like at least like two programmings that come along with it. So the last programming that we did or have is um, a VIP party, 
yeah. So the VIP party is also, you know, kind of talking about like consumerism, but also like really, I think Basel is so heavy like in the air during this time of the year that it's impossible to ignore so we just like let's just acknowledge this beast right now and so um we talked a lot about how these like having access yeah having access like like, a lot of these a lot of what's happening around us is like be trying people trying to get into a vip party and like it's just to be on the list and everyone is vip and everyone wants to be at the front of the line usually the vip parties are really not very different from like or the vip like status that you can get if you go into a fair it's actually not different yeah 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 so um we wanted to create like this idea of we'll talk about ideas of access and accessibility mm-hmm. and exclusivity yeah because um, it is like a very exclusive thing so it's like there's like Basel that's like not originated in Miami like it's not like they hand out an invitation to like local artists like yeah. yo you can come to this you yeah. know VIP events and trash your city yeah exactly but it's yeah. it's for all of the outsiders you know it's yeah. not it's yeah. not geared but towards but also like our Basel is not at all like the original Basel the original right. no. Basel is very much geared toward the art and ours is geared toward the partying. Yeah. yeah. It's just vastly different. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I went to Basel a couple of times and there is no comparison. Yeah. <laughs> they have like one fair. Yeah. <laughs> and the, there, there is one place where you all hang out and party. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's about it, you know, which is like a big restaurant bar. Yeah. Th- none of all of our, you know, uh, kind of like Latin excess, <laughs> yeah. which I think is why people come much more for the parody in the scene and not yeah. really for the art. Yeah. Um, and I think as, as artists, um, if we become aware of it and just say, that's what it is, I get it. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you don't get caught up in this, uh, you know, I want to be asked, I want to be showing. Yeah. I want to yeah, exactly. be, you, you know, get caught up in the rejection. Just, in yeah. the rejection, yeah. all of that. Instead, you're like, oh, it's something that has nothing to do with my practice at yeah. all. Right. You know, it could be like ultra or, you know, mm-hmm. w- something else that, that comes to town and it's a big party and it goes and, you know, maybe you go out and hang out with people, but you don't have to feel that. Um, like anxiety anxiety mm-hmm. exactly right. of like are you counted are you you know are you accepted right yeah. and I know when when it, when it first came I actually did like a, almost a six year um, practice which I called Occupy Art Basel it, that was back you know with the Occupy yeah. <laughs> yeah, Occupy yeah, yeah. movement that just vanished um, but it was basically ex- you know it was the same thing and it, for me, it, it was just a way for personal catharsis, you know, to find my way to liberate myself from the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it worked and it succeeded. And I have been like <laughs> so healthy and happy ever since. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even pay attention to, you know, to the circus of, of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I guess like basically what we created, what seemed like a VIP party. Yeah. So we had like, you can RSVP for the party. Um, during the time, like, at the 777 mall, like, there's, like, a flood of people that are coming in. Yeah. So, like, I just, we had these tokens. Yeah, these, like, tickets. T- these, like, raffle tickets. Yeah, so I just went around and gave out the raffle tickets but told people, like, hey, you want to come to our VIP party? Yeah. They're like, sure. I'm like, okay, here's this ticket. So, but I would do it, like, in a way, like, it was, like, an exclusive thing. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, that was, like, a very, like, performative um, segment of it. And then... You know, the way that you would have to enter into the space is that you would have to write, put your ticket through, write your name down. So there was like this like other partial thing that always happens within like VIP parties was like, is your name on the list? Is your name on the list? You know, like there's like steps to be able to even get in. Yeah. So creating that same sort of formula. And then when you came in, it was just a group of us hanging out. So it's yeah. just like, we didn't have any like, music. We didn't have any music because there was like, there was so, people play so much music at the yeah. mall when there's an event. But, um, yeah, you like you would write your name on the ticket and put it through the slot, and actually it was really funny <laughs> because like Gio would come out and open the door and be like, "Uh, I'm looking for like, yeah, so and so's name." Right, right. So I would just like slightly stick my head out so they still couldn't <laughs> see what was happening inside, and like just call the name, like, "Okay, come in quickly," and then like the next person would do it, and then there would be like a line, yeah. and then like a friend like downloaded an app to make like these sort of like party noises like Angie oh yeah that's right like the burp, 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 burp. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so then it like actually became a really big thing so it's like essentially it was, 
it was a it was a serious party. Yeah. It was packed. It was we packed. Were, we it was like packed sardines. in there. Um, People were like cheersing above everyone's heads. Like people would leave and come bottles. back and yeah. then bring bottles of champagne. Yeah. And like, yeah. So it seemed like it was exclusive, but like literally anybody, anybody could come well, in. Anybody could come in. Anybody right. can come yeah. in. Right. Um, so sort of like flipping it on its head, so yeah. to speak, was but a whole does idea. But the point. Yeah. yeah. Because you put the word VIP and people will travel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so it's like it was a moment for people to reflect of like, oh, like why am I so attracted right. to right. this word or yeah. this like, right. so-called experience? Mm-hmm. And then like creating this space where it was like, you're just hanging out with your friends and, you know, with good people and probably going to meet amazing people. And like this is, this is a good experience, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to mm-hmm. trying to be a you know, a part of a particular crowd of people, um, status quo, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, When also, like, literally being so close to the people in the space, like, mm -hmm. we were all touching. Because it's so intimate, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We were all touching. It's, like, actually so much it's more the than, like, it's the kissing closet it's the kissing closet turned into VIP party. Yeah. <laughs> it's not live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, so it was nice. inevitable that, like, you were going to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, and smell them and yeah. touch Everything. them and the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. It got really hot in there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's, I still recognize people from the party. I'm like, <laughs> we were there. Yeah. 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 We were close. Yeah, we were close. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so, Gio, uh, tell me a little bit about your um, your own personal uh, story. Yeah. You know, um, you where you were, were born mm-hmm. um and also I'm, I'm interested to touch on your tattoo work um yeah yeah bit. berlin yeah coven mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was born in los angeles uh i also went to school out there after i graduated from college i was more than ready to get out of the city um and so i on a whim decided I was going to move to Berlin and I just sold everything that I had um, and I just got rid of everything and I'm like there's n- there is no such thing as the right time the right time is when you make the and decision. how was your German at the time not good mm. like um, <laughs> but I think but you had some yeah I mean no I like didn't have any <laughs> <laughs> okay but like uh, Berlin is particular in the sense that um, everybody speaks very cosmopolitan yeah. yeah exactly I shouldn't say everybody but there's a lot of people speak English so uh-huh. I knew or at least could gauge that it could be a good city, European city for me to start in, Uh to think about like living and sort of developing my practice and all of that. So I was like, well, at the very least I can start here, see, fill it out. Um, And once you're in Europe, you can like fly around and it's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I can, you know, still explore all those other places that I'm interested in. um, And it'd be an easy transition. And I ended up falling in love with Berlin and staying there for four years. <laughs> like, uh, the first two years that I was there, I hadn't even came back home and, like, didn't even blink an eye, you know? Like, it was just, like, two years had passed by, and I had to, like, consciously think about, like, I should probably go back home and, like... See my mom. See my, <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know? Um, but that's how, I guess, impactful the experience was, and, like, the city itself was for me and my practice. Um, and so, yeah, I... I honestly think that living in Berlin really has shaped who I am in a lot of ways and had has given me the ability to work through my ideas, but like my identity in a very um, accepting and comfortable way. Whereas like I think if I would have stayed in a city like L.A. or moved to New York or any of these like dreamy art cities, um, I wouldn't have had the access to just practice my stuff um practice and fail and succeed and collaborate with people um because yeah it kind of really is one of those places where you if you have an idea and you want to do something you just do it you know it's not about asking for permission it's not about like waiting for someone to invite you to do it you're just like go for it you know Uh um so that was very helpful in a lot of ways so while I was in Berlin I also um started showing with Coven Berlin which is a feminist queer collective and they do more alternative exhibition style programming where 
it's an exhibition, but they're not interested in creating like a, a white cube space. Um, it's about like the dialogue. It's about um, the workshops that they're offering. There's like performances. There's it's very much about like an interactive experience and also utilizing art as like a tool to talk about these topics and issues and like build a community. So I feel really grateful to have been invited to show with them like time and time and time again. And so, and to to build like strong bonds with these people there. So, and they've just been super supportive um, uh-huh. and they just are like in general, like in every uh-huh. shape form of the way uh nice yeah well you know i love the word coven yeah (laughs) yeah because that's in my opinion that's where most of like woman power for sure still held yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean and that's that's another one of those words yeah i could have said speak coven right (laughs) yeah speak sex but yeah yeah Yeah. i mean and clearly like that's like the groundwork of their their collective is is this word and like the how much it embodies and how powerful it is. And I think it is about empowering um, empowering people. Yeah, empowering, you know? uh, yeah, people, especially women and, women, yeah. and also honoring our ancestors mm-hmm. and, you know, their knowledge that's yeah. been suppressed and, you know, in, in a sense, their martyrdom, you know, because they, they were demonized, burned at the stake, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, for healing and and you know trying to survive <laughs> within nature so yeah i think that as as uh, you know women in in the current moment and feminists it's it's good to um look back and and acknowledge mm-hmm. you know our foremothers um and um also it, it's a it's a good opportunity to take a moment away from like social media mm-hmm. and the internet and big brother, big tech and, and f- you know, feel ourselves as part of the natural world. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think now more than ever, you know, we, especially women, you know, birth givers, uh, you know, need that relationship mm-hmm. with earth. Um, so, um, and and also you know again sexually i think it's um it, it can be very healing because mm-hmm. there is no better way to figure out who you are sexually and what pleases you and and what makes you grow than being in nature mm-hmm. you know away from all the the labels and you know the the, the given the, the dominant labels at least you know and then you can come up with your own mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah, I mean, I think with Coven specifically and also with my own individual work as well as, like, probably Angel's individual work, like, a lot of it is about the sort of push and pull between, like, we're not, I don't, at least for me personally, I'm not necessarily trying to detach myself from the what's surrounding me. So it's like, you know, I do live in, like, the, the digital era, you know, like, and that is a part of who I am in my practice and it does influence my work and I think it's, like, about figuring out how to find like a balance between those things so I'm not like extremist in the sense of like completely detaching myself and I think that like within like the programming of Coven there's a lot of conversation around that but also a lot of conversation specifically about ideas of sex and what is acceptable and like um, you know like there's been many times where there's artists that are also sex workers that are a part of the exhibition and that for some people is really controversial so it's like okay like well but why like let's have that conversation like let's open up the platform so that it's not so alienated to us as to um, how how we think about these different things, you know, uh, or think about what I guess normal sexual behavior is. Mm-hmm. Um, Today, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, it just no. came to me. I'm driving here, and my phone says breaking news, you know, and I look on my phone, of course, instead of driving, and the 77 year old owner of the Patriots um, was caught, like getting into a strip club or a Chinese massage parlor or something like he was trying to pay for a hand job. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the poor guy's name. Wow. But I mean, that's how 
fucking repressed and yeah. Puritan we yeah. still are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, dude, like he is he's 77. I would think Aww. this is super exciting that he's still interested <laughs> in yeah. like getting out of his comfort zone and whatever, you know. <laughs> paying somebody to give him pleasure yeah right. just like let the poor guy get an hj and no shame <laughs> right. the shame oh you know God. like let's broadcast it i mean i was really it was it was one thing to have like that other the actor you know jesse that was breaking news too <laughs> yeah um you know he staged his own hate crime i mean yes but it's not breaking news you no. know mm-hmm. and now this it's just It, you know, it's all about shame mm-hmm. and gossip, and you know, at the at the lowest level of like the neighborhood, you know, n- talking about people. You right. Know, that's our breaking news. You yeah. know, we don't know. It's not about politics. So I don't know. To to me, the idea that it's like the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, that like sex this is, is still how a taboo. We, yeah. 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 Or like paying for a hand job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean. We live in another planet, I guess, than, but this was like the New York Times. Oh right. I mean, I think that uh, it's obvious that a lot of ideas around like sex and companionship and relationships is still very much embedded into religion and Christianity. Um, so it's, you know, it w- I think it's like takes a uh, time to separate yourself from those notions even if you're not like a following you know you're like a practicing christian exactly like it's still so, so like, much deeply embedded in our subconscious exactly yeah and yeah. in, in our culture yeah. and so um there is judgment that gets passed because because of that mm-hmm. yeah yeah Angel, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, where are you from? How you became an yeah. artist? How you identify in this world? Um, I was born in Miami. Mm. I grew up here. Oh, local. I lived in New York for a few years, but I've been back for a while now, like four years. And um, I always practiced art in one way or another, except for when I was in college, I studied literature. And um, then when I came back to Miami, I had an apprenticeship. So sort of like a tattoo apprenticeship, my like way, I was getting tattooed in New York and I guess my way to get back into being creative was, you know, I was really into the culture. Um, I was interested in the culture rather. I don't necessarily agree with uh, the sort of like the practice, how people practice or like mainstream tattoo culture is sort of weird. Well, it's like male-dominated. Yeah, it's male-dominated. It's a little misogynistic. It's a little bit uh, harsh, I guess. Um, And um, I got an apprenticeship. I did the thing. I worked at a bunch of shops, and um, I had a hard time because I was a... I just... I worked really hard. I think I developed a style very quickly. So my base is an American traditional tattooing um but like very quickly I started incorporating like queer bodies and uh like sex toys into my illustrations and um that was really unnerving to a lot of people specifically like uh young men that I was working with and I got a lot of you know I got a lot of like that shitty feed I got a lot of shitty feedback and uh I was sort of I was like bullied and people would like mess my mess with my flash or like yeah wasn't there an incident where some dude just completely yeah yeah yeah. there's this guy drew all yeah. over her flashbook her sketchbook yeah there was this guy at a wow. shop I the, the last shop i worked at which i now have a private studio um the last shop i worked at uh this guy had been like harassing me for i only worked there for like four weeks <laughs> <laughs> but this guy had been harassing me and um you know i I took a walk in, whatever. I did, like, actually a pretty cool tattoo, and he was what I assume was very jealous. He was upset that I took this client. Uh, He, like, threatened to beat me up, (laughs) and then uh, I just decided that that would be my last day there, but I accidentally left my sketchbook or my book of Flash at the studio, so I went back the next morning to pick it up, and um, he was there. It was really awkward, and I got my car, and I just, like, I was, like, I feel like I got to look through my book and see if they fucked it up like I had this like this like feeling that they did and I looked through it and they drew a bunch of 
like dicks on my pin wow. of girls which was actually like Vandalism. you know it was it, yeah but it was actu- mm-hmm. actually also like sort of um i don't know is that he sort of helped me i mean like <laughs> it wasn't he it was great he, he i was like, like how did yeah things. i was like how yeah. did you know that i would actually like this yeah right. like i was not while i was offended that he like touched my things and like you know ruined some of my drawings i actually like I don't know, it just like opened up a whole other avenue of illustrations for me. And like most of my clients are queer and um, that's really special. That's something that I like take a lot of pride in. And um, a lot, like I said, a lot of the bodies that I'm drawing are like androgynous or like intersex or, and I don't know, it's really great. That is so, really great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you find that you, um, find, do you find yourself in the same kind of like psychic or intuitive space? when you work on a body oh my god yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it's definitely like and i'm sure you can attest to this or like relates but like besides the fact that you're like really close to somebody Mm -hmm. physically close to somebody and touching their body Mm -hmm. when you're actually like in the process of tattooing like um kind of like you you're kind of meditating you know just like if like and a lot of people experience this i'm sure when they're drawing or painting like i in all the art that i do that's sort of the, my meditation. Right. So in the moment when I'm tattooing somebody, it's like it could it could be done in like it feels like it's a second long. Yeah. You know, you just like really dive into the moment, into like the motion and like the, the intensity, you know, like it's also oh, the intensity. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's also you like have to concentrate. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I think it's a beautiful thing for people to yeah, also trust higher. you. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. stakes are really high. It's it's actually very stressful. I mean, mm-hmm. like if I if I mess it up, I can't take it back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, a, a lot of these people are like a lot of these people, a lot of my clients, um, while I do have a hard time getting people to, you know, want or like get the tattoos that I design. uh large portion of my clients are specifically coming to me because they heard that my practice is alternative. Nice. So um, they know that I'm going to be more caring and more attentive and like um, considering boundaries in a different way or considering care and like intimacy within that space in a particular way. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're very vulnerable to me. A lot yeah, of, pe- of course. Yeah. Well, as we said in the beginning, <laughs> mm-hmm. w- you know, the receiving body has to be in stillness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a meditation for them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, you can take advantage of that, you know, play the music or mm-hmm. however and help them enter that state. Because yeah. usually a client may not consciously be in that state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I when you are, I feel like there is an exchange of, of energy. You know, you mm-hmm. give and you receive. That's, you know, intense. Right. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, something that I appreciate uh, that, like, tattoo artists, like, Angel and myself and a few other people that we know is that even though someone is giving you permission to do a tattoo, let's say on their stomach, like to still be conscious about like, hey, I'm going to move my hand here. Is it okay if I, Uh you know, like put my hand here, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh and like realizing like just because this is, again, like a transactional exchange of like wanting something, you know, they want a tattoo and I think it doesn't mean you have full liberty over their body, you know, um, I don't think I mean yes yes it is transactional but again for me as a as a, a, a as a person who gets tattoos mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's much more of a spiritual exchange for sure I mean I don't I don't so think the, necessarily the money for us is a little like that yeah. homage yeah. Mm-hmm. you know you give Definitely. the money in token right mm-hmm. right but I mean the artists who have who have you know written on my body I feel very, you know, spiritually and energetically close and intimate yeah. with. Yeah. It, it's a it's a unique relationship, but it's real. You yeah. know? And in a sense I carry a little bit of them. Yeah. You know, in my DNA. In yeah. my, you know, epidermis. They're mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So we're kind of like all together. Um and yeah, you know, in energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's a you know, very very uh, transmor- transformative or transmogrifying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, experience, totally. especially for, sure. for the one who receives it, if they yeah. do it in consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why going back to who's doing it and the space that you're in is so valuable and important, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because yeah, it's all important to like think about in advance. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it's, you're not going to have that that same experience in every space, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And also, you don't, want, you know, there is no comparison, and that again takes us back to sex. You know, it's it's kind of like having sex when you're drunk and it's impulse versus, you know, 
finding the right person, creating, you know, finding the right space mm -hmm. and, and getting consciously in that, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. In that mode. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. that mode. Yeah. It's really nice mode. Yeah, I mm -hmm. think the, like, the tattoo thing is also another thing. M many, many of all the many things that Angel and I share in common <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in our practice. Um, yeah. Like in, so in Berlin, I started uh, doing stick and poke tattoos. Yeah. Um, with a friend of mine called Mel Jones. And so we called ourselves Girls That Poke, which is definitely like <laughs> a, pl a play on words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it was more about, one, I just wanted, I was always interested in the practice, but um, um, then people started to ask me to do it for the most stuff. And I like, I do very much like value the, the intimacy that happens. And the trust. Within, yeah. And the trust that happens. And also like, doing it stick and poke is something that takes so long yeah. <laughs> depending on what you want so like it's a slower process so you're really like spending and you feel like right. each and every poke mm -hmm. that right. like it's the original yeah the original the uh, tools yeah yeah exactly right. um so yeah i mean i i very much think it's like an intimate space and i I value those people that allow me to do yeah. that and I trust them and it's also like doing it in my home and not yeah. necessarily like in a yeah. shop and and yeah. that too comes from like ancient practice like right. you know sc spiritual scarification mm -hmm. yeah you know shamanistic practice mm -hmm. that's especially that you know the Pope that's where it finds its origin yeah. right yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then there is that whole uh, you know prison like exactly. history in you know yeah. Yeah. in prison culture mm -hmm. which I think you know validates it in an altogether other way yeah. mm -hmm. well thank you for coming this was yeah. uh, this went by so fast yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <it> <laughs> you have to come back yeah i feel like we didn't even oh, touch on half the things i wanted to talk about sure. yeah yeah but um we thank can do you. a part two yeah we'll do a part two i'm down yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening we're gonna go on a short break and come right back with uh, my next guest and uh uh, thank you for trusting me as your sex whisperer. Bye. Bye.